You ever feel like life is just tearing your dreams asunder? No, of course not, Kev. I'm always filled of filled with sunshine and rainbows and and then lollipops and death and dismay. Oh wait, that last part in <laughs> destruction. Those last three things <laughs> didn't quite fit the uh, motif there. So you're the eternal optimist. Is that what you're saying? No. Uh, is it opposite day? Eh, it could be. I don't. I don't even know what day it is. Really, I don't. I don't know much of anything yeah. anymore. And say if it's opposite day, there's a chance, but I don't know if Mindy sent you the picture, but I I think it was yesterday actually. I came home from work and I laid down on the ground after I took a shower and stuff. I just laid down on the ground and I just passed out on my face, <laughs> arms down, everything. <laughs> and uh, she took a picture and I was like, "What the fuck? Was I dead? What happened?" I was, it was like hours. <laughs> you just laid on the floor for hours? No, I think I got up and moved to the couch, but I was on the floor for a solid 30 to 45 minutes, I think. <laughs> you were just like out in the living room? I woke, yeah, I woke up and I was just like, oh my God, my body. So I went to the couch and somehow it was worse. Uh, I did not feel good. I didn't have a no. good day. I don't know. I don't know what happened. No, she didn't send me that, but I like her her immediate response to that. I was like, well, let me take a picture of him looking funny first before being like. Didn't check on me. <laughs> didn't see why I was laying on my face on the ground. Cat was laying next to me, which was nice. The nice cat. I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. It was one of those things where it was like, I actually feel sick. I'm so tired. And then yeah. you just like, you're literally just like, burr, 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 you just brain shut down. Just like when a uh, computer or something overheats and it just shuts oh, yeah. off. That's, that's pretty much what happened to me. I laid down because I was just playing with the cat and burr, everything went dark. And you know what? That is okay. You know what malarkey has been bothering me? What's that? I don't think I used the word malarkey right. But the fact that after high school, most of us really only have one opportunity to get things right. Whether if, that's like college, job, you know, whatever track you're going to go, like what road you're going to go down, that's like the only road you get. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, a lot of people don't even get that one. Yeah, that is true. A lot of people don't even, they, they just, nope, you're done. You're done from Jump Street. Failure to launch, you are a dud. You get to work in a factory for the rest of your life if you're lucky, but you're probably not even gonna get that. Go ahead, and be homeless or something. Like, cause I mean, there's like a lot of people who don't even, you know, if it's family reasons, uh, you know, financial reasons or whatever, they don't get a get a chance to go to even like a community college or anything like that, or you know, they just kind of have to, you know, you get out of school and you just kind of gotta get a job, and mm. hopefully, it's not a soul sucking it is it's gonna be destroying you from the inside it's gonna be a soul sucking awful (laughs) job what good jobs are there who wakes up and goes oh i can't wait to go to work yeah that's just something that i've been thinking about a lot lately it's like where did it go wrong what could i have done differently that would have put me on the correct path apparently i only had one hand to play and I uh, played it wrong. Yeah. It, I probably wasn't a good hand anyway, yeah. but I played it at the wrong time, or maybe I should have bluffed, or I did something. I don't know poker. Yeah. So <laughs> I just, I that's the problem. I don't know how to play poker. I don't know how to play the game, so I'm definitely not going to win unless it's by happenstance. You, so are not Triple H. No, <laughs> I am not. I am uh, not, not at all. I don't have the... Uh, Motorhead intro or yeah. anything cool, no mutton chops. Maybe the you might be the uh, Hunter Hertz Helmsley, but no Triple H. The old style, yeah. uh, the Connecticut blue blood, yeah. fucking douche. He was a big old douche. Me, me, with that stupid music. So, I think we should just like rob a bank or something. What do you think? 
Uh, okay. Start small, like a sperm bank or a blood yeah. bank. <laughs> then we'll move our way up to real bank. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? Uh, you know why I bring this up? Why? Because today's episode, we're going to be de- we are going to be discussing absurdism, and that's uh, just kind of absurd thinking, you know? Mm, yeah. About the absurdity of life, the absurd absurdity of having only one chance to yeah. get things right, and most people don't even have any instruction on what to do. Uh, they just. Yeah, you're an adult. Go into the world and just flounder. You know, especially when you go to such a fine uh, uh, public education, education system, system that we yeah, do. fine institution as as we were went to. Yeah, I I didn't want to name names. No, but uh, not good, not good. Not teachers, not good. Even the ones that did care, probably not really actually good. Are you as surprised as me is that that place is still open? Because I remember when we were going there, it was always just like from year to year, it was like. Will we be going here next year? It was like always on the verge of like shutting down. It's only because of the sports. Yeah. That's the only thing keeping that thing afloat is the sports uh, because people care about the local sports a lot. Well, And then they also moved like half the middle grade up there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's weird. And you got like middle school kids with fucking pretty much guys with beards. Yeah. Odd. And you know, there's some people that like share in the same classrooms. Like some idiot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, we should probably get to the episode before people get bored about us discussing the awful education system. Well, you know what? You downloaded the episode already, you fucks. We won. Whoa. Whoa. Why you got to call him the F word? It's a family-friendly program, Spencer. Fucking jerk. Welcome to the Drunken Penwriting Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer of the Calcutta Clergy Killer Church. Ooh, going through the clergy. But I feel like you used Calcutta before. You sure? Could have been the Calcutta Coochie Contaminator. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I, know, yeah, I, didn't yeah. use, I know I didn't use uh, Coochie Contaminator, because no. that's a good one. Yeah. I wish I did. <laughs> I wish I did. You could be the Katar Coochie Contaminator. Or the California coochie contaminator, or the oh, he would get the jingliest toy. <laughs> Look, if there's background noise, that's the cat. He's acting up, and I don't feel like wrangling him. So you have to deal with it on this absurd episode of the absurd drunken pen writing absurd podcast. We we'll just have to put a featured featuring Yoda. Yoda. Uh, today we are discussing seven absurdist novels that will change the way you think. It's a little deeper than just the original. And again, like we did with the uh, the stream of consciousness, should we uh, just give a quick like definition <laughs> rundown of like a study, what a, like absurdism? absurdism? Yeah, I guess we can because we have so many downloads on the stream of consciousness episode. We just really killed it on that one. Now the dog ran down. Why don't you lay down? He you, is. Everybody he, lay down. He, everybody chill out. He's circling behind you. He's getting ready to. We're all right. We're good. We got fucking crackling mics. We got malfunctioning equipment. We got animals They're, acting up. Now we know that the shit really hits the fan if Nova comes down here. This whole thing is just falling <laughs> apart. It's fucking collapsing. Your levels are up and they're they're down and the left and the right. So anyway, Spencer, let's see. Absurd. It usually has a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to be. It's rarely used in a positive context. But this isn't necessarily a positive or negative use of the word either. Instead, this genre is about tackling themes like existentialism, 
and the human condition through unusual means. Uh, so basically absurdism, like the, if you're an absurd author, you're using non-chronological storytelling, surrealism, dark comedy, uh, maybe some nihilism thrown in there, but maybe in a funny way, usually in a funny way. Probably more out there situations too. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of satire. Irrational logic is one I like, like people jumping to weird conclusions and whatnot. That's about all you need to know. Things that are out there, absurd, goofy, things that could be so terrible, yet it almost makes you laugh at how ridiculous right. the circumstances are. That's usually when I get to the absurdism, uh, when something is just, that's the only word that fits. It's like so over the top, usually something awful, so over the top awful that it borders on ridiculousness and makes you laugh almost. Almost. That's oh. that's a key word because if it didn't make you laugh, then it would be funny. And a lot of times these things can't be funny or they shouldn't be funny. Yeah. Uh, they could be made funny, but that, that's a that's a different talent for a uh, different sect of people, not us. We can't do that. Do you want to guess the first book on this list? No, not really. We just read The Gentleman. Not this book, but we just read The Feller. Oh, uh, one of the Cam, uh, Abel Cam, Camus guy? One of his uh, books? <laughs> Why did you blunder through that so bad? <laughs> <laughs> were you trying not to say Albert? Yeah. And then you were trying to get his last name right, so you <laughs> fucked up both of them. Yeah. How absurd of you. Uh, this is The Myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camp. <laughs> by Albert Camus. Uh, I This is the one I mentioned I wanted to read next if we were going to do another one of his. But I, I forget what it was in the episode, the plague episode. I think yeah. we read about it and I didn't want to do it anymore. I don't remember. So this is a 1942 essay in which Camus introduces his philosophy about the absurd. According to him, the absurd exists between the human need to give life meaning and the unwavering silence that the universe returns. We try and try to no end and the universe doesn't care, but he doesn't say this in a we should just give up sentiment. Instead, he outlines various different approaches to living an absurd life. His conclusion makes this a provoking read. Didn't really give any mm. details of what he's talking about other than absurdism. So that, I think that's what turned me off. It's just straight. Especially when it's an essay. Yeah, if it's just straight philosophy. Because that's what I seem to dislike most about his work was when he goes too deep into the philosophy. I'm just like, I don't care. Uh, next up, another one we, well, we actually both read this one, but another author we both enjoy, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. Uh, did we do a book of the month on this? I know we talked about it. Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five? Yeah. I we did. Think we had, I think so. we did an episode on it. I think whenever the graphic novel came out, I think we did. Right. Vonnegut's novel was often characterized as anti-war and follows the life of Billy Pilgrim as he travels back and forth through time. We go from his early years to his time as an American soldier in World War II to his post-war years. Vonnegut explores existential topics, death, philosophy, and mental illness. Why I really like that book is because it showed the horrors of war but made it funny because yeah. there was time travel and aliens and weird shit. That's a book that even though it's such an easy and fun read, it would be so hard to write. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like, uh, I mean, we've only read one other one of his works, The Sirens of Titan, but I feel like that's a heavy, probably, theme in a lot of his work. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, next up, this is one. Uh, this is an author I've been wanting to read 
But I have yet. I guess he did a lot of plays or something. And I, I don't know. For some uh, reason about play yeah. guys always turns me off. Like I just don't want to read their work, which I it's stupid because they're probably really good. Well, it just depends if the work you're reading is. Are you reading the play or are you reading yeah, like you know? What, yeah. Well, this is Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. In it's a play. In this play, Vladimir and Estragon have various discussions and encounters while waiting for someone named Godot, who never arrives. Though Beckett has never clarified who or what Godot is or represents, he denied that Godot is God or anything of that sort. He also repeatedly condemned misinterpretations of the play, but never provided his own explanation for its meaning. It's a read that makes you consider all kinds of potential social, political, and religious references. That seems to be a theme with a lot of these guys is they never actually explain their books. Like they just like it is what it is. Well, I I think like if you do the explaining, it kind of takes some of the magic away. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the author I think of when I think of an absurd fiction, and uh, I actually did like this one, "The Trial" by Franz Kafka. The trial tells the story of Joseph K., a man arrested and prosecuted by an invisible and inaccessible authority for a crime that neither he nor the reader knows. Some interpretations say it's a commentary on day-to-day life feeling like a trial, while others say it follows the prevalence of totalitarian themes in society. Since there's no right answer, it makes for an interesting read to think about on your own. Kafka never actually finished this book, but it does include a chapter that intentionally ends the story abruptly. It was. It's just one of those things, again, with him and bureaucracy and just... You go through all these fucking roundabout. You know, I give you this form, and then you, I have to give it to this person, yeah. and like you know, shit like that. Have you Have you read all of his stuff? Just what was in that Metamorphosis collection. Yeah. So that, and uh, I don't know if it was all his short stories, but all the main ones, and uh, I think two or three, they were either short stories or books that weren't complete. That was one of them. We're moving on to the Answers by Catherine Lacey. I have not heard of this book nor the author. Me neither. This novel is about the way we search for and think about relationships and what we believe we need when we are in love. It follows Mary into a relationship experiment created by an actor searching for the perfect girlfriend. He breaks a woman's perceived role in different parts and hires women to play the anger girlfriend, maternal girlfriend, and Mary's role, emotional girlfriend, among others. I don't think I want to read that. No. That doesn't sound like the kind of book for me. No. No, it doesn't. Now, this one I haven't read yet, and I don't know why. It's been on my shelf for fucking three years now at least. And I just read Animal Farm, so I should really get to this. 1984 by George Orwell. True, yeah. I've been wanting to read that for a while, too. And it's not that big. Just like Animal Farm, it's one of those things like, is it going to make me really mad? Right, yeah. It's going to be really good, but I'm going to be like pissed when I read it because I'm like, this is how life is now. Right, yeah. Even like the play, we were saying like it was good. The time of reading it is too like, relatable. Yeah, too too relatable. Written in the forties, too soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too soon. Book's almost a hundred years old, and it's just like, oh man, too soon. Nothing's changed. <laughs> oh, it sucks. The classic nineteen eighty actually got worse. Mm-hmm. The classic nineteen eighty four is one of the most well known books about the consequences of living in a surveillance state. You've likely heard the phrase "Big Brother" in reference to being watched, and this is where that originates. Big Brother is an all-seeing power in this fictional totalitarian nation where mass surveillance is the norm and there is no freedom of expression. The story cautions against mass surveillance and makes you wonder about the similarities in our own world. So when was that book written? In the 40s? 1984. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Because I'm just thinking because like that, cause like the book's supposed to take place in the 
in the future mm. from whenever the book was written, right? I would imagine the forties or fifties. But just, but I'm, I'm because I'm just wondering because like imagining like what, like how do you become with that idea? Because like during like the forties or fifties, like what did they have there to like make you think of being like surveyed? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we fucking barely had cameras. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to read the book. Now we are on to You Too Can Have a Body Like Mine by Alexandra Kleeman. Never heard of, again, neither, author neither, or neither or book. A woman known as A lives with her friend B and her boyfriend C. Among the chaos of the story, they want her to join a dating reality show. She models herself after an unattainable beauty standard and B tries to make herself an exact copy of A. It's a fascinating novel that explores themes of sex and friendship, consumerism, and a scary vision of the idea of modern womanhood. If the premise of these stories caught your eye, feel free to take a deep dive into the writing. As society changes, the meanings and interpretations of these ideas can also change. It's fascinating how timeless this genre of fiction can be. That was the last one on that list. I don't know if I could read a whole novel like that, though. Like, if there's a short story where, like, I mean, if that's just, like, the characters, the name is, like, A, B, and C, like, I just, I don't know how how well I would like that. But, like I said, maybe, like, a short story I, I could do, but. Yeah. It's kind of weird that, and I don't know if it's just the absurdist genre, but there was two women on that list who both are writing absurd stories about relationships. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of female modern, I don't know if those were uh, the, the book covers looked modern, but it's not saying anything. But I'm assuming those are modern writers. It seems like a lot of modern female, and I'm saying modern, like post-1980, uh, female writers seem to post a lot about relationships. I mean, I mean write yeah. novels about relationships and like the absurdist type of genre. And I don't know why, because I don't really see a lot of men doing that. But maybe, you know, that's something I never really look for, so maybe they do. But it seems like there's always a focus on like how crazy relationships are. But only from that sect. Like, guys don't have crazy relationship. Like, I, I don't know. It's weird. Maybe men just think the whole idea of marriage is crazy. It's because they're crazy, Caleb. You can't say that. <laughs> Did you just gender identify me? Not, not you. Maybe I'm a. Maybe I identify as a woman, and now I'm gonna write an absurdist tale about relationships. I found another list that might be a little better. I was gonna say uh, before you get into that, uh, would you throw? Um uh, the hike in there. The hike, while absurdist, really? I think to be a proper absurdist novel, it has to have a hint of realism, which that, that has none. None. Uh, so I don't. I think that's too genre. Too genre. Though it doesn't fit in a genre, genre. which is interesting. I mean, I can see how someone would say that's an absurdist novel, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think that fits. Not the categorizing uh, that they have on these things, apparently. Uh, so we are. This is just another seven. Just I don't know. Some uh, might be duplicates. We'll see. Just wanted to fill out a you know a full episode here. Yeah. Uh, White Noise by Don DeLillo, and apparently this guy's a really good writer because I but, keep seeing him popping up on stuff. I say I think that one sounds kind of familiar to me. Just like I've, I've heard of White Noise. Yeah. yeah. I first read the. Okay, this is somebody's. Uh, what's the book about? Jack and his family are at the center of a novel where fear of death is fought by a series of pills. Warnings of an airborne toxic event result in accumulation of real or imagined symptoms. In car crash seminars and Hitler studies, classes are offered. Radios and televisions supply uninterrupted background chatter, influencing decisions, concocting alternative theories and revelations. Uh, so that sounds kind of wild. Okay, see, now this is where it gets a little squirrely. So the next one on this absurdism list, and I, I get it because he's an absurdist writer, The Plague by Albert Camus, yeah. which we just did. I can see it. 
no, I can't. No. It, I don't think it's absurd. I mean, I get like the idea could be absurd, but the way the book was handled was real. Yeah, it's like, very it was, yeah, it's very realistic. Like there was a, it okay, if the plague was an absurdist novel, they would be like constant bungled attempts to get out. Right. There'd be crazy bureaucracy. And these are things that are in there, but they're not played like, up to be absurd at all. The whole preacher and religious aspect would be like amped. over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, the rats, like, they'd be exploding in the yeah. streets and not just dying. Like, there would be a lot more, I think. I don't think that fits. Let's see. What is this fellow's reasoning for this? Eh, not much of one. Just dark humor. I didn't find the book humorous either. Of course, it could also be the translation. Ubik by Philip K. Dick. This 1969 sci-fi novel ranks as one of the author's best. As unsettling as it is compelling, full of tension, mystery, and deeper meaning, a team of anti-psychics sent to corporate offices to root out psychic spies and met by an explosion that puts their injured leader into a half-life state. See, that sounds kind of absurd. Right, yeah. Just the idea you have to have psychic detectives getting psychic spies. Never heard of this one, Golden Delicious by Christopher Boucher. No, no, me neither. The, the fellow who wrote this article says this, it might be his favorite book of all time. Not that's saying anything or not. Okay, so in this book, I'm trying to find the synopsis. It's just in the middle here. But in this book, you can have a sentence as a pet. Bookworms can ruin crops and threaten communities. Inanimate objects have personalities, and a reader is inserted into the story as an active character. Uh, wanders around his wor world in a state of uncertain isolation, making brief connections with an array of people and things, trying to locate his place in a family with a mother who's often absent, Patrolling the town with other mothers, where there was a space after characters. I guess you insert your own name. Mm. Uh, next up, we have the answers by Catherine Lacey. Uh, we covered that in the last episode. Yeah, or the last uh, last auto article. Uh, the sellout by Paul Beatty. Betty B E A T T Y T T Y. Got a T T Y. Hold on, I got a free book offer. Look Ooh, ebook. Uh, the narrator has lived a life he expects will turn out a certain way, even when playing his role in his father's psychological studies, believing he's contributing to a thoughtful expose and memoir. Instead, his father is killed by police and the book appears non-existent. Same with the fate of his town. Okay. Uh, you too can have a body like mine by Alexander Kleeman. We covered that one. And that's it. So, absurdism fiction. I wish that for some reason none of these mentioned the metamorphosis by Franz Kafka is like one of the OGs. Yeah, you, the absurdist, you know, genre. Yeah, I mean like that the first article m mentioned that other non-finished The trial, yeah. Yeah, you but yeah, you think if you're going to do that, you would go with metamorphosis. Can you think of any absurdist fictions you have read in your day? fictions <laughs> uh, books yeah. uh haruki Murakami definitely touches on them i think some of the short stories we've covered yeah definitely fall into that a uh, wild sheep chase for sure because that's your next read right uh that's definitely going to fall in the absurdist category i believe uh hard-boiled wonderland at the end of the universe or whatever the end of the world i forget the full title hard-boiled wonderland that's definitely one kafka on the shore is all of them uh, eh. some of them are a little too serious to be absurd but they're still very absurd. I'm trying to think of some contemporary writers that I've read that I could consider absurdism. I'm just going to say it. Jerusalem by Alan Moore. Yeah. I, the book may not be necessarily an absurdist book, but the fucking making of it had to be. In the reading of it. In the reading of it. Speaking of reading, I made a dire mistake today. Oh, yeah? So I... Well, one, 
I because I'm reading the Aeneid by Virgil, right. and I didn't realize going into it that all it is is just a fucking Roman rehash of the Iliad and the Odyssey. Oh. So I'm just like, I already know most of the shit that's happening in this. I don't really care. So I've been having trouble just getting through it because I don't, I mean, it's, it's written beautifully, but I'm just like zoning out here. So I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll get Audible and I'll use the free trial and I'll just listen to it at work. And then maybe when I get home, I'll read some of it and yeah. then I'll get through it real fast. Well, first I, I, I fucked up and I got audiobook instead of Audible. Uh. I don't I don't know how that happened, but it's a different app and it's a different thing. And I don't know how Audible is. I never used it. But on audiobook, it doesn't have the chapters listed or anything. So I don't know where now I'm lost. I tried to go through my book to find like where I am so I could read again. I'm like, I can't find the spot. Like I'm listening to the fuck face. Like he does a good job, whoever fuck face is. Yeah. But I'm listening to the fuck face read it, and then I'm like, where the fuck is this part? And then I realize, well, it doesn't even matter because I probably zoned out most of the reading. Like I don't. True. It's like I, I, I'm not one to listen to stories. It's not working for me. So I think I'm just gonna have to go back and fucking read it. Like yeah, from continue. The no, no, no. Just from where I'm at, continue like chapter two. Just continue reading it, and I'm just like, oh. Now, but do, since it's just a rehash of those other books that you read. Do you think it's like it's even worth reading? Yes, I have to read it. I have to. It's a part of my curriculum, <laughs> Spencer. Okay. Um, I will read this stupid book, and I'll fucking like it. I don't think I'm gonna like. It. I, like I said, I like the writing. I, just, I don't care what's happening. And it's also really annoying because they switch almost all the gods' names to the Roman versions. Mm. So you know, Zeus is Jove or whatever, and. Some of them, though, like Apollo is still Apollo. It's like, why are some of them the same and then some are different? Stupid Romans. But I have to read this. because. Well, here's my goal. It changed a little. Same reading goal, but, you know, I, I threw some other stuff in here. So here's my plan, Spencer. I got to finish the Aeneid. And okay. then I think, as a nice palate cleanser, I'm going to read Hamlet. Okay. Okay. Because that also comes up. Because these are things that, leading up to Ulysses... By James Joyce, uh, you know, it's written in the style of the Odyssey. I'm sure I explained this before. So I had to read the Odyssey, but I can't read the Odyssey unless you read the Iliad. So Iliad and Odyssey. Okay. Okay. Follow me so far. And we'll get to the Aeneid in a minute. But Hamlet is also, from my understanding, uh, a part of the Ulysses. Like, it comes up. And that's fine because that's not very long. And I, I have in mind the Shakespeare I've read so far. So I could read that. And then I want to read, well, I have to read uh, for the Arcade Bookshop podcast, I have to read, I think it's called Zone 1 or Zone 0 or something by Colson Whitehead. It's like a zombie book or something. So I have to read that to go along with like the Resident Evil game we're going to talk about. Uh, but that should that should be an easy read. And then, because I, want, I wanted to go into the Divine Comedy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to read the Divine Comedy, I have to understand that Virgil is the main character, he's the main second main character he's the one who's guiding dante through hell and all this okay. stuff so i i figured well i got to read some virgil which the aeneid that's when that comes into play so there's a method to my madness and then once well we're reading the divine comedy yeah. uh so once we get done with the divine comedy after he's chasing the boogeyman or wait, the so return you, of the boogeyman the sequel becoming that, the boogeyman becoming the boogeyman whatever. so wait, you, you're gonna get like those five books done no no a, it's oh, probably gonna get switched out when oh, we do oh. the return of the boogeyman okay earlier probably Regardless, so I have to read these books, though. Uh, I do want to read, that's going to be the tough one, I think, Paradise Lost. I think that's going to be the one that's going to knock me on my ball sack. Yeah, like, just gonna, because of the, like, it the language re- and, and the, the poet, like, because it's, like, poetry, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's like an epic Shakespearean style poem with very dense language and very, I mean, it's all religious, but a lot of the stuff I don't know about. So yeah. And I was just thinking, like, should I read the Bible before I read this? And I was like, that's too far. That's... One step too far is to go and read the whole fucking Bible to read Paradise Lost. I'm not doing it. At least right now with everything else you got. Maybe at the yeah. beginning of the year you can start the Bible. Yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to be cursing John Milton to hell after I read that. But anyway, that all leads up. Actually, I'm. You know what? I'm glad you brought it up, Spencer. I'm gonna put off the Paradise Lost one step because another book that came around the same time that's on my goals, Don Quixote. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I could read Don Quixote, and that should be fun. And then go and fucking dreams of Paradise Lost. I, I, and I think I ask this every time you you bring it up, but isn't that like really big? Yeah, like a thousand pages or something. What of it? <laughs> I'm gonna read Don Quixote, and I'm gonna probably like that. And then I'll go to Paradise Lost and be probably miserable. Do you read this podcast ever does his companion to the fucking thing? Then I can listen to it and be somewhat happy. I also have to read Ulysses after all that. So it's like the mountaintop is there, but I have to go and like climb over some lava and shit. It's going be you, hard. Uh, are you regretting the decision that you made from the beginning of the year to go on this? Not yet because I'm I've been really enjoying uh I really enjoyed the Iliad and the Odyssey. It's just you know like I said I th- I thought the I- the Aeneid was gonna be cool, but I didn't realize it was just like mostly a rehashing of uh, the Odyssey and the Iliad, and it's also like copy and paste a lot of the stuff from it. Like like the, the guy Aeneas, he he like has to go to the other world for some reason, like fucking Odysseus did, yeah. and it's like come on come on tell your own fucking story, guy. Other than that, I think that's the only one that's probably going to really bore me. Like, I'm, I, I really want to read The Divine Comedy. I've been wanting to read that, and I think that'll be cool. Just, like, sounds like a cool story. Hamlet, I don't I don't think I'll have a problem with Hamlet. I mean, I it, if you told me th- this time last year, like, hey, Caleb, you going to read some Shakespeare? Fuck no. <laughs> read no fucking Shakespeare. But then I read, you know, Midsummer Night's Dream was really good. Now, Macbeth that, was good. Is that in your little sh- sh- uh, Shakespeare book? up there no it's not that garbage i have a, a nicer no. it's also very small actually but it's a nicer version not that fucking garbage that's supposed to be the whole shakespeare collection in that it's not <laughs> I, I didn't realize it. they just take a sentence from each play oh <laughs> <laughs> well the one book's like the entire bronte sisters books it's oh like, yeah oh okay in this little tiny thing no it's not so that was all like, they oh. did was give you cliff notes and like highlights so if you wanted to cheat like, okay, this is what happens in Moby Dick. You get one of those little fucking things. So that, that was like a good 20 bucks wasted. $15. It's an ornament. That's all it is. That's all it's doing up there. Uh, so anyway, I am uh, really, really looking forward to next year when I can go pulp. Yeah. I'm just going to read a lot of Robert E. Howard, a lot yeah. of fucking uh, well, Moorcock. I, well, I got um, I have some suggestions for... It, it's not pulp, but you know, it, like some of like those thrillers and like suspense ones and stuff that uh, you've been reading. Yeah, mm. we'll see how the day plays out, but we'll definitely both have to read some of the more Robert E. Howard stuff. Yeah, but what's your goal gonna be for the rest of the year? The rest of the year, and then next year, like, do you have well, a plan? The <clears throat> plague was either my tenth or eleventh for the year. I'm already pretty much at my, you know, my I always want to get at least 12, but I'm probably going to get, you know, close to like my 15, 16 yeah. as I've been going through. Because like I got the Becoming the Boogeyman, you know, coming up. And then I have to read, uh, since you read uh, Four Seasons, 
uh, that's it, the Stephen King, you know, mm-hmm. novelette collection to to make you know to make up for that. Well, I read the 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 guy who was lost at the sea with the shitty kid. Yukimishima. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the uh, short story "Death of Summer," "Death in Summer," "Death of Midsummer," "Death of Midsummer." Uh, which I started, but I kind of put down because it's just short stories. So like I yeah. kind of put that aside for a little bit, and then uh, the what was the the Mirakami we just said the uh, Wild Sheep Chase. Yeah, and then uh, the Road, and I was gonna clean my shit my slate for the you know you reading some Stephen King. Uh, so those are like the three or you know like four and a half books that I have immediately planned on on the docket, but. I don't think like those would take me too long. A- after that, I really don't have too much of a thing set up because like I try to keep it kind of loose and open because I never know whenever we're gonna. This was the first year I was really strict with my reading yeah. goal. I think like usually I have a goal, but not as strict you, as this. We, you normally have like a, a number goal, not necessarily like these books. More, but you're more like I want to read 25 books. Doesn't matter which 25 books, but you know. I think I was up to 50. 50 yeah, yeah, the one last year maybe. What am I at this year? Uh, this year I like I said I only focus on seven, and well, I only hit two of the seven yeah. so far, so it's terrible. Well, that's also because uh, the Jerusalem, Jerusalem still me, yeah. kicked your ass. Uh, yeah, for like the good first quarter of the year. So I'm at, I'm at 23 right now. So that's not too bad, I guess. 23 for seven. Yeah. <laughs> I think, depending how I feel next year, and you'll have to let me know if you think this is a good idea. I read... Okay, I'll let you pick. Okay. This is yay. I'll We're let, Sophie's choice here, I imagine. I'll let you pick. I read the Dark Tower series. Ooh. But then you gotta read The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, and The Silmarillion. Uh, see, The Silmarillion... Yeah, that's the, well, that's the that's, thing, though, because The Hobbit the, yeah, and Lord of the Rings aren't that, that big. big. Yeah. Because some of those fucking, you know, but the Silmarillion, that's what's going to, like, yeah. add, like even though it's not that big, it adds a lot. Yeah. So that's that's option A. Option B, I read The Stand, and you read just The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, yeah. or It, and you just read The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Well, what, like... I don't know how big The Stand is. They're both, like, around, like, a thousand, a little bit over, you know, depend, I think depending on... Is there two of them, or... For the stand? Yeah. No, but I'm just talking about, like, the stand and it. Like, both of those. Yeah, they're about... Both, well, I yeah. picked because they're both around, like, 1,200-ish, yeah. I thought. Well, see, my... Because what I was thinking, which would be, like, a more uh, close set, the Lord of the Rings, is, like, if I read Lord of the Rings and you read the Mr. Mercedes trilogy... I'd be down for that, too, because I did want to read Mr. Mercedes. And I feel like, you know, and also size-wise and stuff like that. I would be willing to, uh, if you go down the duck tarot path, I'd be willing to walk down that path with you. Again. And read it. Yeah, reread it again. Uh, I think it would be interesting now. Uh, My only think, issue with that is I don't think I've read enough King to be yeah. able to appreciate it that well, the way it should be. Yeah, I was going to say, well, we'd have to do some research to... Cause, well, we'd, you definitely have to read The Stand because the main bad guy in that shows up. And, and I probably should just read It as well. Well, I, I don't know how much It plays in, but you should, Jeez. yeah, you should just read It. Yeah. Maybe what your goal is next year is... Uh, cause you got you got a couple of them, but get like the first five Stephen King because you already got 
carry and the shining done. So you'd only need uh, Salem's lot, Salem's lot, the stand, and then I think Firestarter or uh, the Dead Zone. Yeah, the Dead Zone, which is one of my all-time favorites of King, is the Dead Zone. You know, maybe start that out and see. You know, the the uh, the the Dark Tower might be a couple years down the line, but we'll we'll, right. get, we'll, we'll get you there. Well, in that case, if I have to read those books first, I won't make you do Lord of the Rings. I will pick some other interesting books. Probably not necessarily straight literary fare, because I can't think of anything else you might like. Right. That I have that I you know that I have read as well. I'll have to take a gander at the old bookshelf, though. Because I would say, like, 1Q84, but we're supposed to read that anyway. So. True, yeah. That's kind of like the Dark Tower, kind of. Like, yeah. like you were going to reread it whenever whenever I got to it. Yeah, so that that doesn't really work. And One year, we're just going to have to pick a year where we just do the reread. Like, you read the Dark Tower, where I reread the Dark Tower, and then I can read QE1, whatever, what you read. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that would just take a whole year there. I do all the Lord of the Rings (laughs) books. You do all the Lord of the Rings (laughs) books. The Lord of the Rings books are good, Spencer. Yeah, yeah. They're written very well. I'm sure they are. They're interesting. Mm -hmm. Characters galore. Yeah. Magic adventures in a ring. One ring to rule them all. See, I just find like I just think one of my problems with it is gonna be one of the things that you really like about it is like the language of it. Be like these names, like because like other than like the first movie, I think I've only watched like most of the first movie at school one time, and it's just like I'm just gonna name everybody Steve and Bob. I could make a recommendation. You get some sort of audio version and read along with the audio version. True. Just as just a suggestion. Anyway. That's all I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably end it. Uh, you can check us out at DPW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever's left of Twitter. X. Uh, X. X. Gonna X give is it coming for it. Gonna give it to yeah. you, baby. Ooh, I don't know how to sound like that. <laughs> uh, you can follow Spencer on his OnlyFans at the Calcutta Clergy Killer. You know, maybe not. Because that sounds like he might get like in trouble with the FBI if they see what he's doing. Yeah. Is this like a crusade or... Whatever makes it legal. Nothing. <laughs> you can't just kill clergy members. Why not? If it's not for like... Look, if they can diddle... Oh, I know. If they can get away with diddling... You can get away with a little... Murder. A little murder. All right, well... You can't do it. The point is you can't get paid by subscribers yeah, yes, to do yes. it. I just, so. I just did it with a face with a knife a little bit. So just for argument's sake, you could check him out on an alternate account, the California Coochie <laughs> Contaminator. Yeah. So that's probably still legal, but yeah. it's, you know. A lot of dark web stuff going on. But if there's, like, signatures on consent forms, yeah. and you know, he's in the clear. Yeah. Uh, and you can also check out, because when does this uh, drop? I don't know. What's today's date? The 24th? Yeah, so when this drops, you could check out the Arcade Bookshop podcast, which I'm also involved in, because that'll be out. Uh, And you can go on Instagram at arcade underscore bookshop, and you could follow, you know, whatever the fuck Bryce is putting out (laughs) there. Uh, The first episode we are covering is Earthbound. I think he said he's putting two out, so Earthbound and the companion book, Something Wicked This Way, comes by Ray Bradbury. I had a lot of fun doing those two, and I really liked that Ray. Br- I was glad we did that because it gave me a chance to read some Ray Bradbury. 
which is an author we should both definitely yeah. start checking out. It's so many fucking good authors and right. not enough reading time. Uh, so anyway, we thank you for listening, and we'll check you out next week. <laughs>